Well, welcome everybody to the Zones Women of Technology podcast. My name is Julie Wagner and I am your host. And today we have not one, but two incredible guests joining me on the podcast. I'm so honored to introduce to you Carla Rivera and Jason McLaurin from Cisco. Carla is the head of strategy and planning for customer service, global enterprise segment, and chairman of Women of Cisco's America, the largest employer resource group at Cisco. Carla is also heavily involved on building the industry's most diverse and talented teams as an inclusion and communities board leader and executive sponsor. She has built operational excellence and strategies that ICX has implemented across EROs. Carla is also a board member of a tech startup, financial institution, and Love Never Fails, a non-for-profit located in the Bay Area, helping human trafficking survivors gain sustainable careers through technology education. And then Jason is the Vice President of CX Americas, the global enterprise segment. Jason leads customer experience for the five heart, or pardon me, for the 500 largest enterprise customers across the United States. Jason has a decade and a half of managing CX business overseas, including Japan, Singapore, and London, giving him a truly global vision for managing cross-cultural teams and garnering innovation from a global community. So welcome, Carla and Jason. Thanks, Thank Julie. you Great so time. much. Yeah, I'm <laughs> so glad you guys are joining me today. Um, so Carla, I... I really want to just dive right into our our first topic of discussion. Uh, we want to talk today about intentional allyship. And Carla, what does intentional allyship mean? Yeah, so absolutely great question. Love this topic. So I'm going to be a little bit verbose on this one. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a fantastic question. It's important to understand the difference between mentors, sponsors, and allies and how to utilize them, right? Um, so as women and, and building your board. So especially the fact that women are actually leaving the tech industry at 45% higher rate than men. Um, those are staggering numbers, uh, of course. An increase in support will help that attrition. Um, so everyone should have their own personal board. So of allies, sponsors, coaches, and mentors. And first and foremost, let's address what allies are, right? Before we even go into intentional allies. Um, so they address the bias against women at work and have really brave conversations about topics such as equal pay, equitable rights of hiring and promotion. Um, so these are typically men or others that hold positions of power. They have influence, they have knowledge and resources to help support, um, you know, the skills to really just help to support women and other marginalized communities. So um, this does have to do with the full spectrum of diversity. So an ally can also be a sponsor or a mentor. It's not a mutually exclusive role. Um, mentors or coaches, they focus on the skills, the attributes um, that you're trying to learn, something that you'd like to help, you know, you'd like to develop it within yourself. And then mentors and allies can actually, again, they can turn into sponsors, um, Sponsors really vouch for you. Uh, they vouch for your character, your reputation, your skills, and they're, for, they're, they're there for you in times of trouble um, and also 
Um, usually sponsors know you for about a year. And so this relation shouldn't be taken lightly. <laughs> As you can see, they're literally vouching for you, right? Um, so um, interchanging mentors and sponsors and, you know, is probably not, um, not a good thing. We really need to delineate who's a sponsor, who's a mentor in your, on your board. Um, so again, all the roles have helped to continue to so support me in my career journey. And the reality is that sponsors and allies and mentors, they all change over time. Um, you'll know who really steps up as intentionally, right, in, in any of those roles. Uh, when you're going through a promotion or someone is trying to varnish a reputation, you know, God forbid, um, or, um, you know, hopefully aligning you with opportunities. So I've had many that step up and unexpectedly some that don't. And, and that's okay. Uh, on your board, it changes. Over time, it's an ebbs and, ebbs and flows. Um, and your board is mutually beneficial relationship. So um, during a time span, you're, you're connecting and you're, you know, but they may drop off. And, and again, that's okay, right? The mutual benefit as well is also um, just giving back to them some of your history and experience and, and possibly proximity, your, di your diverse point of view. Um, so an interesting point in 2021, McKinsey did a study that showed that diversity, equity, and inclusion that I'll use DE&I, um, as we all know. So these activities are actually falling mostly on women's plates in corporate America. So even though all these companies are pushing for DE&I, the job of actually recruiting and supporting diverse talent is largely falling to women in addition to their regular workloads um, with little and no recognition of the time or commitments that they take. So even though we're exhausted, <laughs> approximately 20% of senior women leaders report spending substantial amount of time on DE&I work that is not central to their job. So versus the 10% of men at the same level. Um, and another interesting bit of information is that um, Another study showed that white male employees are more likely this year to say that they're showing up as allies. And, you know, on the face of it, that's good, but they're no more likely to be showing up as allies and taking that action of allyship. So there's just a really big gap between intent and action when it comes to allyship. And so I'm urging, uh, I urge allies to be intentional. So as we need allies as women, we, and, and also, also I'm, um, I'm Latina and Afro-Caribbean mix. And so uh, underrepresented communities, we really need those allies as well, as well to make this change together. We can't do it without our, without our allies. So, uh, you know, be, gain those intentional allies, but also consider being an ally to others. I think it's very important that we have to also be that to others. So it's really critical for women to find those intentional allies, as I said, and build that board. Um, Intentional allies and using the board is actually a result of my last few promotions and this recent expanded responsibility. So I really wanted to bring Jason McLaurin on to, for this conversation as he truly is an intentional ally. So he, we actually met about six months ago or so in an executive program where he put himself out there as an ally to women and women of color. And then after a few sessions, you know, he noticed um, he noticed some value in my strategic skills and thought leadership. And, um, you know, he brought me on as strategy and planning leader. So he <laughs> he usually is 
a pretty, he's a pretty humble guy. I'm, I'm trying to get him to actually speak up a little bit more about what he's doing. Um, and that's so nice. And it's such a great attribute to have. Um, but I, you know, and so he doesn't like touting his own efforts. So I'll do it for him. <laughs> he is such a great ally to not just women, really, again, underrepresented minorities and others. Um, and he has, I, I wanted to bring him on because he has a lot of great best practices and value. I think it would bring value to your audience um, to share this, right? Not only to your male, um, you know, to, to really all, right? All genders. Um, so I want to make sure to um, just give him the stage and, and have him talk a little bit about his best practices as an intentional ally, because I can tell you definition, what it means, what it's going to mean to you, but um, Jason lives it and breathes it and walks the talk. And so would love for him to share for some of that. Um, and my hope is that other men become allies today and that they obtain some pragmatic motions that'll make a tremendous impact in bridging the gender inequality gap, especially in IT. Especially in IT, because women make up less than, last time I checked was less than 10% of the IT industry. And I, it's pretty, that holds pretty true values in many of the companies that I know, that I work with. Um, so yeah, I'm so excited that you've joined us, Jason. It's so refreshing to get to meet an intentional ally um, from from one of our partner companies, um, but just knowing that you're there to support and and give those high fives right now, it's just wonderful. Uh, so, Jason, what led you to be an intentional ally? Well, thanks, thanks, Carla, and thanks, Julie. I uh, actually my journey to be an intentional ally, ironically, was unintentional. It's a uh, it started. Um, as you know, through three kind of distinct steps that kind of converged to brought me to this place where, you know, over the last few few months I met Carla. I think first step for me was becoming a manager. And as a manager, you start to see firsthand that fight for talent. Mm -hmm. And and I quickly learned quickly learned that the that the best and brightest talent on my team was female. I said I need more skills like that. They bring very unique skills versus my male team and actually compliments and I said well I need more of my team I need more female in my team I just really wanted to find that that talent in my team so that was kind of the first step uh, the second step for me was when I started mentoring uh, individuals in, in across the, the spectrum of my team and you start to um, get proximate with them and uncover their challenges and their in their development journey and through that process this you know we, and, and Carla used the word, it's gonna bi-directionally. We become vulnerable in that process and learn the challenges that, that people have through that journey. And um, then when I moved to Asia, I started mentoring uh, primarily female employees because I was really focused on diversity and diversity in China is uh, females and diversity in Japan is females because everyone else there is, is Chinese or Japanese. So I started really uh, started to focus on diversity from a female female perspective, um, and I started to get proximate with some of my uh, the talent either in my team or outside my team, and started to understand the unique challenges that they had as a female in IT. Um, whether it was a single mother uh, trying to balance work and family, especially during COVID, which is extra challenging, or some of the slower career growth that they experienced, or some in some cases, unfortunately, outright harassment. And through that process, I started to understand um, 
diversity and equity inclusion is not only a moral imperative, it's a business imperative. It's not something that I can switch on and off. It became part of who I am. And that's when I went from being just a, a passive uh, supporter of diversity and equity inclusion to an intentional ally over the last probably you know, a few years or so. That's my journey. That's fantastic. Um, so how do you think that your global experience has led you to become a better ally for women in tech? I think there are a couple aspects uh, of, of globally. I think one, maybe some lessons to other potential allies out there is one, it helped me be in the right place myself. Because mm -hmm. I think to be an ally, you've got to be um, in the right place and, and, and really believe it in the core of who you are. Again, not something you can turn off and on. And, and being in Asia and, and seeing some of the unique experiences around the world helped me with, helped me with that. Um, another thing with being in Asia is I, I learned, well, there's two things I'll share. One is I was on a, a subway in, in Bangkok one time, and there was a, a, a sign in, in this, in this uh, the train, the raised train. And the sign said, if you ever want to learn your country, leave for 10 years. And it was very interesting because it, it's, it's like, you ever get one of those fortune cookies, you go to a Chinese restaurant, you get a fortune cookie and you save it. It's like, oh, this is it. You save it forever. This has been my, my fortune cookie forever because it, it reinforced me that um, after being gone for a long time and looking back, you learn a lot about yourself, not only in country, but yourself in, in the world. And to me, that means get outside your comfort zone, Be, you know, step aside outside your comfort zone and look back at yourself. And you know, through this you know, 15 years of being overseas, I've really become comfortable being in situations that are initially uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's allowed me to step into situations and again, get proximate with individuals and learn their value and, and the innovation they bring. And the other last thing I'll say about, about working globally is that you learn quickly that there are two, kind of, kind of two types of companies that, that do business globally some that see the world as purely a source of profit. They go, to their, they go to India or Brazil or wherever it is and they set up a company and they sell and they take their profits and they go away. Um, and there are others, and thankfully Cisco is one of them, that see the world as a source of innovation. And they see that value in, in diversity and they see the value of, of you know, what an Indian can bring and what a Chinese can bring and what a Brazilian can bring. They, they say that's that's innovation. They bring that value. It's it's more valuable than the pure money they bring out of the country, and and that's one of the kind of um, philosophies or tenets that stuck with me for the last probably ten or fifteen years is is try to be that company, be that person. And uh, so there's a few few takeaways for me. That's great. That's a really beautiful vision to have as well. I think that um, as someone who lives in America um, and I have traveled the world, it can be really easy to get into your bubble of just the United States. Um, so, so learning from all of these different cultures and um, countries, it's just so incredible. It's so, uh, it builds you up and it, it does. It definitely is a testament of your allyship. So I have a question for both of you guys. Um, if you, if someone's working in a company right now that maybe doesn't have um, sponsorship or mentorship or intentional allyship, and they have some folks that are really seeking that, how would you encourage them to 
ask for it. Because sometimes it's really hard to ask, right? Yeah, so I'll take I'll take the first one if that's okay. From a mentorship because a sponsorship is really over time. So if it's mm-hmm. you know, do you're trying to just obtain allies or build your network, right? And that's usually where it starts. From a mentoring perspective, um, I honestly always started with looking for someone that has a skill that I would either like to strengthen, right? Or some or a skill that I don't really have. Um, and I really you know, admonish that person for having that. So, and that's how I would approach them. I'd say, you know, I would literally reach out. I mean, I've done this, right? Many of time, many times. Um, hey, you're really, I mean, you just have an amazing way of, you know, whether it's presenting or if you want to build a technical skill or whatever it is, you let them know what that is. And you'd be so surprised as when you actually ask, right? Whether it's, um, you know, picking up the phone, whether it's via email, usually it's via email or even on LinkedIn. Um, I would send out a LinkedIn message and just ask them. Um, people would respond. There's, I haven't, I actually have not had anyone not respond and just strike, you know, strike up that dialogue and have a good 20, 30 minute meeting. And then I will also say <laughs> to please, especially in my strategy and plan, planning hat on, Please have a plan, <laughs> like build an agenda, make sure that it's flowing, right? Make sure that you're really, really crisp and clean about the ask and get to know them, right? And just see um, if, if, if you connect and if, and if what you can bring to that, that mentorship, right? Again, there's, al- there's always a point where you can reverse mentor or you can always um, bring them value of some kind, right? That's whether you're unique strengths or your unique background that's something that you can share with them that's fantastic i'll add a few things to that because i um from being a a mentor and having mentees approach me i again i've never said no to someone i'll at least have at least one conversation and i i want to reinforce what carla said is is please come prepared um i've had mentees or potential mentees come to me with an agenda and their view of what they their career and what they wanted to get out of it is in in some cases ideally you know their blind spots where they wanted to work through uh, and i've had conversely some who've come to me with hey how you doing let's just and it's it's kind of gone flat so please come prepared uh so i'll just reinforce that um from a, a mentor perspective and a sponsor perspective there are two things that i do uh one is when i'm in meetings with individuals who I know or either don't know, I pay attention to them. And if they say, um, and it's very easy to find people who think like you and say, hey, I like what you said. And that's, I see, I feel the same way. Let's, let's, that's a great conversation. And I've had a, a really good um, mentor-mentee relationship that's been very beneficial to me and this other individual for the last almost a year now that's come up from just being in the meeting and say, I like what you said. I have the same perspective on that, on that issue. But more outside your comfort zone is find someone who thinks differently than you. And it takes courage to say, you know what, I I like, I understand what you said. I don't necessarily agree with it, but at least I understand. And this is, Julie, back to your question before, this is something that, you know, working overseas, you learn very quickly is to, you can understand what someone says, but not necessarily agree to understand these perspectives. And so there's been a few cases where I've had that discussion, reached out, I reached out to someone and said, you bring a very different perspective to this solution that I didn't think about. Can we talk more? 
and you know that's a, a more gracious way to have a conversation but i think all those work but like carl said please come prepared for that conversation it helps a lot so if you had some folks that were we we seem to be very um bold people we have I, me personally i don't have a problem approaching anybody um but i know that a lot of uh coworkers and i actually have a lot of uh people that i've mentored uh in the past and most recently they're very shy so if you had someone that was more on the shy side um with the planning of course would you would you still encourage them to reach out via LinkedIn, via a phone call? What is what do you guys prefer? I like LinkedIn. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Carl, do you want to go? Or do you want me to, to take that? I say you. Yeah, I'd love to hear what you were gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> Which means that you don't have an answer for that. No, I do. I do. You know, I always have an opinion. <laughs> well, <laughs> Something as I a... do not fall short of. <laughs> Uh, so as as a as a lifelong introvert, introvert, you know, I always have trouble reaching out and breaking the ice. But I, I mean, to me, it doesn't matter how they start the conversation. Um, I've had people ping me on LinkedIn, ping me, ping me on uh, internal messaging communications, pick up the phone, text. You know, all those work. Uh, you know, obviously inside Cisco, we use our internal messaging a lot, and so that's you know that just say, hey, how are you doing? Let's have a chat. That helps a lot. Okay. Um, I think when people come from outside, there's a, a level of, of, it takes an extra step to kind of get that familiarity. So it's a bit harder for, for me, again, being, being more, more shy to, to understand where they're coming from and have that perspective. But I think any, any way to reach out and start, you break the ice and say, hey, let's talk, works, for, works well. Fantastic. Carla, did you have any thoughts on that? <laughs> I mean... So I'm a geriatric millennial. <laughs> so I love that you raised your hand, Julie, as well. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so I honestly, I prefer messaging uh, than phone call. We just don't do phone calls as much anymore, right? Um, so that's always great, but it is hard, harder to get someone's attention because how many LinkedIn messages do you mm. obtain, right? So many um, that kind of have that same thing. So. I would say reaching out through someone that can recommend you or refer you, right? So a contact of a contact, that's always great, right? Um, to me, that's fine. If someone asked me, hey, can you please reach out? Or if someone wrote me an email that I know and is referring me to this person or saying, hey, do you mind connecting? You kind of just feel a little bit more like it was vetted or that, you know, they had a, they were thoughtful about, Hey, you, you two would align really, really well because there could be value in both of you meeting. Right. So I feel like that's always really great. Um, if you can do it that way from an introvert, um, perspective, um, gosh, I would say regardless whether you're introvert or extrovert, again, come prepared, be planned, know exactly why, you want that, why you're reaching out to that person, right? Or why you want that other person to connect to you. Um, but, but yeah, like, I guess on the, when, when I'm mentoring introverts, I ask a lot of questions, right? Um, they're, they're usually prepared and they have short answers. And so I ask a lot of questions um, just on, on this side of the, of the equation to get them to, 
to basically open up and talk about, you know, uh, their strengths, um, so and so on and so forth. And I just want to reiterate, and I know maybe I sound like I'm, I was a professor before, so maybe I am professing, I don't know. <laughs> but when you come to, you know, with the plan as well, um, don't expect that they are going to ants like your men, you know, this person that you're talking to and trying to um, obtain some skill or, or if you want them to be your mentor, have, don't um, come with the idea that they're going to understand what you want in your future, right? Or that they're like your career coach in that aspect, right? To begin with, yeah. really do some digging beforehand. So introvert or extrovert, do some digging and really get to know yourself. It's super, super, it's a super important attribute. Try to understand what are my strengths? What do I like doing? Your strengths are really things that you're not just, you know, that you're good at, but also that you enjoy doing. You could be really good in accounting and it's super boring. That's not your strength, right? If that's boring to you. Um, so come to the table knowing yourself. Um, that alone uh, tells that, you know, mentor or future, you know, mentor or candidate mentor that you know yourself, you know where you would like to go, you have an idea and that you're not there just to constantly receive, 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 or that they're going to plan your future for you. <laughs> so know thyself before you get on that call, right? Um, that's my tip. That's fantastic. I think a lot of people need to make sure that they have that self-awareness. Um, and that's part of growing up and being an adult, right? <laughs> so that actually leads perfectly into our next segment. Um, we wanted to talk a little bit about hybrid workplace. So I I know that um, Jason, because you've worked all over the world, Carla, you deal with people all over the world. I deal with people all over the world, global accounts. So hybrid workplace has been, um, it's been very interesting and eye-opening over the last couple of years. So I wanted to discuss that with you. Um, Carla, This I have you as my bullet point right here. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a, this is so this is a hot topic lately. Um my, you know, whether office, not office, etc. How about choice? I love being able to have the choice. So hybrid to me is uh, a no brainer, right? For, especially for caregivers, um, for maybe those that we don't really think about there, it's not popular. So caregiving for, you know, your parents, caregiving for kids, etc. So doing anything really that's mandated to go into the office, um, yeah, good luck, right? Recruiting the best of the best <laughs> from a talent perspective. So. Yeah. That's my opinion on that subject. Um, from a hybrid workplace standpoint, I love this, right? So um, it again, it's very inclusive um, and flexible. Um, so at the end of the at the end of the day, for a hybrid workplace, when we go back to boards, right, building your board, you have an incredible opportunity with hybrid workplace to be able to reach out, right, and have a face to face on video conferencing from someone across the globe that you could never have. Right. Um, and, and now it's normal. So it's not like you have to have all the gadgets and, you know, we have the technology. Right. It's democratized. Um, and so we're able to be able to, you know, do what we're doing like here today, where we're all in different spots and be able to have this awesome conversation. So uh, from a networking ability, from building your board, from more opportunity 
um, for the underrepresented, you know, communities and also women, like we have an incredible opportunity to be able to network, right? Both face-to-face -face and as well as um, through video conferencing and other technologies. That's fantastic. Uh, so Jason, I know that you are still mentoring people around the world from our previous conversations. Yeah, I, I, I do. I mentor uh, female in Japan, China, and India still, and, and still very actively. And so what, what hybrid work does is it, it breaks down these geographic barriers. In fact, one of the um, sponsees I was working with was during COVID, and I, I didn't meet her for almost a year, even though we, we lived two miles from each other. We never met for almost a year. Um, and so it's, it's, it can be, I found sponsoring and mentoring and, and coaching through hybrid work or through hybrid environments is very, very effective. You don't need to be in the same office or meet for coffee or, or happen to be in the same, same office together. Uh, and so it opens up those uh, ability to mentor and make connections at any time around the world. And just last week, this individual I work with in Japan, I connected her to a female leader in China that I knew very well. Took, for me, it took five seconds to do the email. Um, but like Carl said, that was a reference connection. And to her, it opened doors and, and created opportunities that may not be another otherwise. And in globally, you can do that in hybrid work. So it's, it's, it's a lot, it's more empowering for me to be in this environment than before. I love that. Where do you guys see the future of hybrid work going? Personally, and, and if you guys want to speak for the company, um, I don't know if you're allowed to or not, but personally, where do you guys see the future of, of hybrid work? So I, I'll go first. I know Carl always has an opinion, but uh, my view is, I won't speak for Cisco, but I, I don't see us going back to a, a, you must be in the office environment. And, and that's something that I think Cisco said you know, very publicly as well. And so I think it's it's here to stay, and we just need to understand how we can take advantage of that environment, still stay proximate with people, mm -hmm. and still get the benefit of those hall room conversations and quote water cooler talk and those whiteboard ad hoc whiteboard. So that's what you miss in the hybrid work environment. How do you create that opportunity? Yeah. Um, so that's that's the potential downside of it. But how do you you know facilitate that goodness or that that opportunity, uh, but still take the benefit of you know, being able to mentor and sponsor around the world. And so, yeah, I don't think there's any going back to a 100% dedicated, you know, workplace environment. But Carla, what are your thoughts? No, I, I have similarly the same thoughts. I, I mean, you heard me, I don't think there's any going back by any chance before that. Um, so I think it just opens up more opportunities and I think it would be, you know, a shame to, to go back to where we were. And we also learned so much, right, about, um, work-life balance um, and how important it is to have mental health, right? To be with your family, to have that time and, and what it does, especially during, you know, difficult times uh, to, it, during the pandemic. Um, so yeah, very, very important. So to understand that, but again, the faith, I think that as we continue to evolve and I think as we can, as technology continues to evolve, I think that we will find a way to kind of bridge some of the connections that we don't have maybe um, from a face-to-face -face standpoint to make it more so, right? So to make it more connected and to be able to have those type of whether, you know, who knows what it brings, who knows? Uh, but I do think that, you know, whenever there is technology finds, you know, these tech companies find there's a, a problem, 
Uh, they're going to want to optimize it, right? Um, optimize the experience, continue to that. So it's exciting to understand what the future holds on. We don't know, right? We can be very, even more connected um, from, a, from a, you know, where we are today from a video conferencing standpoint. So we already see that with features and, you know, different things, even, you know, even from an inclusive standpoint in diversity, we've got all these, you know, like reactions and icons that make you really feel um, you know, like you're part of it. So for example, like, you know, the, uh, I see all kinds of colors on when I put my, raise my thumb or raise my hand, right. I see, you know, all kinds of different shades and that's really cool, right? That's very engaging. It's very inclusive. Um, and I love that. So let's see what happens right in the future. It's exciting to think about. I love that. I think it's very, we're in a very pivotal time um, where we've gone through this pandemic, uh, not just as the US, but as the world. So the entire world has gone through this um, life changing event, and how companies are placing themselves to come out of it. Uh, and better open up their diversity and inclusion to the companies. I've been watching a lot of companies um, really, really grow. And it's just been a really exciting, it's an exciting time to be in tech, right? Uh, keeping us all connected globally. Um, so that's fantastic. Do you guys have anything else to share before we go ahead and wrap this up? Any words of wisdom or, or pearls that you can deliver? Jason, would you like to go first? <laughs> For me, it's to potential allies and allies out there, take the first step. Um, you know, sometimes that, that first step is hardest and getting proximate with someone is maybe uncomfortable, but you know, take that first step and the rest will follow. Like I said, for me, I started out as an unintentional ally and, and grew into really understanding the, the imperative around this and, and uh, fully embraced now. Awesome. That's great. Uh, so. I think for me, let me double click with women <laughs> so so that we I can speak to the women. First of all, yes, also be intentional allies for others, um, but also please support other women, right? So women supporting women, um, if this helps from a stats, because I'm a, you know, data, I love data, so data nerd. Um, studies show that, you know, women helping women actually get paid higher. <laughs> and they get promoted more. So there you go. If you have no other reason, <laughs> you have that profitability, but in all seriousness, right? Please, women supporting women is huge. Traditionally in the past, it wasn't so much as there is absolutely room for everyone's success um, and, and lifting other people or as you're on your way um, in your journey up, you know, take them with you. You know, the people that, that were there with you, lift them up, right? Make sure to do that. So um, women supporting women, really big on that, you know, help lift each other up. Um, it's uh, It benefits everyone. That's fantastic. There really is room at everybody for the table. So awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining me today. Is there any way that our listeners and viewers can connect with you via social media that you would like to share? Yeah, I could be connected with on LinkedIn. Um, that's usually where I'm at from a, from a social media stand, standpoint. Um, so uh, you can look me up at Carla Rivera with, um, uh, if you just honestly, if you look up Carla Rivera and put Cisco in it, C-I-S-C-O, you can, you, you'll find me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same for me. I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Jason McLaurin, 
think I don't know if they, how many other Jason McLaurins are out there, but put Jason McLaurin Cisco out there or on Twitter or Jason McLaurin CEO on Twitter. Although I'm not very active on Twitter, but sorry to get more active. <laughs> <laughs> Same, you're not alone. I have a Twitter account. I'm never on it though. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really, really appreciate it. I know everybody at the Zones Women of Technology, um, our board of directors, we also appreciate you as well. And then if you guys want to go ahead and listen to any of our past podcasts, you can find them on Spotify at any time, and we will have replays available for today. So again, thanks so much for joining me. My name is Julie Wagner. I am the host of the Zones Women of Technology podcast, and have a great rest of your day.